Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Earlier this morning, I asked you all to try, to try your hardest to remove your disdain for Justin Trudeau from this next discussion. And you failed miserably. The text line was, I think he should go to Ukraine. I'd like to see Trudeau in a war zone, all kinds of things like that. Okay, try again. Work with me on this one, okay? Just sit back for a moment, close your eyes, and imagine we're talking about, I don't know, Pierre Polyev or Leslin Lewis or I, I, I don't care. Pick your, pick your politician of choice, whoever it might be from whatever party it may be. Um, do you think... There is value in having that person, Canada's leader, the prime minister of this country, travel to, the, uh, to Ukraine, just like Boris Johnson did, uh, just like the leader of the European Parliament did. Um, recently, they made headlines. They traveled to Kiev and met with the Ukrainian president. Johnson actually went for a walk through the streets of Kiev with uh, Volodymyr Zelensky. Yeah, it, it was a moving display of, I, I guess, defiance and, and solidarity. It, it absolutely was. Uh, and from the minute he did it, there's been a big debate about whether or not that's something that should happen here. Should Justin Trudeau, Canada's prime minister again, do that? Is there value in doing that? We're going to have a discussion about that topic with Simon Miles, who's an assistant professor in the Sanford School of Public Policy at Duke University in North Carolina. Uh, Simon, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Shay. Hey, and congrats on the uh, March Madness. You guys won it all, right? Tragically, no. Tragically, no. UNC won? Oh, that's right. That's right. We were felled uh, in the semis. Yes. Not close. Almost did it in Coach K's last season. <laughs> yeah, oh, what a career. What a career. Okay, anyway, on to this discussion at hand here. You you make the case that, yes, Trudeau would do well to visit Ukraine. It's something he should do. So, so I'll ask the question this way. What's the benefit? You know, a lot of people see this as performative. It's a photo op. There's really nothing he can do there that he can't do here. And even those who say, you know, it, it's it's a good idea are worried about what kind of you know, chaos it might cause. So um, what's the benefit to having our, our prime minister show up in Kiev? Well, Shay, as I wrote in the Globe and Mail, um, this is largely symbolic, but symbols matter in international politics, and symbols especially matter in wartime. Uh, they especially matter when, of course, you have one country that's doing an enormous effort uh, fighting the Russian invasion, uh, and also for the whole world as a reminder that they're not alone. Uh, and I would add, by the way, you mentioned, of course, Prime Minister Johnson's trip and Ursula von der Leyen of the European Commission. Today, just this morning, the presidents of Poland, Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia went to Kiev. They are in Kiev right now, mm-hmm. still, I believe. Um, walking the streets of Borodyanko, which is a sort of bedroom community of Kiev, which has been absolutely destroyed by the Russian invasion. So my argument here is that a visit by the Prime Minister of Canada, uh, Canada being a country for which Ukrainians have a great deal of affection. I can't tell you how many times on my trips to Kiev I've been asked, oh, do you know my cousin? 
uh, hmm. often who actually did live in Edmonton. Um, and uh, uh, that would be a powerful signal to Ukrainians in the world that Canada and the rest of us are not just abandoning them to some kind of frozen conflict. You know, one of the things that I wanted to address when I wrote this piece was that as the war shifts eastward into the Donbass, uh, there's a lot of talk of it becoming sort of a frozen conflict like it's been since 2014, one to which the world could kind of just turn its back. Um, that frozen conflict was killing thousands of people. Uh, it wasn't very frozen for the people on the front lines, but it was sort of uh, allowed to fade into the background. So I think a, a visit by a Canadian prime minister, as has been the case with the Poles, the Lithuanians, the Latvians, the Estonians, the Brits and the European Union, uh, it would be a powerful reminder that this is happening, this matters, uh, and that the world stands with the Ukrainian people as they fight Vladimir Putin's invasion. Um, let's talk about the symbolism, because you know what? There's value in symbolism, I think, especially in, this, in this situation, Simon. Simon, when you talk, there's an information campaign that's going on here, and I think that's part of the reason why Zelensky has been so prominent and has been so willing to walk the streets with Boris Johnson, for example, because that information, that narrative is vitally important to the Ukrainian efforts. I think that's right. And look, uh, as I said in the Globe, the Prime Minister should not go empty-handed. Right. Right. The Ukrainians need weapons as this, this conflict enters a, a different military phase. They need ballistic missile rounds. They need artillery rounds in particular. They need unmanned combat aerial vehicles, things like that. Uh, so, yes, as any guest, uh, you know, he shouldn't arrive empty-handed. Uh, but they also need awareness and they need the momentum of support to continue. You know, we've seen, for example, out of the United States, more and more and more tranches of military lethal aid coming to Ukraine. Uh, this is a topic of almost unprecedented bipartisanship in American politics right now. Uh, one of, I think, one. And so... I think the symbolism of showing not just to the Ukrainians, but also to the Russian people that this support exists and showing the Russian leaders that, that people like Justin Trudeau are uncouth, that they're willing to go not to an active war zone now that the Russian forces have, have withdrawn, but still to a country at war, um, and very much kind of plant the flag that Canada stands with Ukraine. The other argument, uh, and this always happens in any, I mean, and this is the biggest one that I can think of in a very long time, but whenever there's a, a situation uh, on the ground somewhere, uh, world leaders, prime ministers, presidents have this debate about whether or not they're going to cause more harm than good by going. Um, you know, does um, whatever kind of security operation there is in Ukraine right now around Zelensky, do they need the added burden of now trying to welcome a world leader into the country in the midst of what's going on there? Are they, you know, in a position where the last thing they need is Justin Trudeau dropping into Kiev to go for a walk through the streets with Zelensky? They just can't handle it right now. It's just going to make things worse. Well, that's, of course, an important point to raise. And there are a few issues here. Uh, one, the countries who are sending their presidents thus far are in extremely close communication with the Ukrainians. It's highly implausible to me, for example, that the president of Poland would be in Kiev if Volodymyr Zelensky would rather he weren't. Right. Uh, ditto the leaders of the Baltic states. 
two, of course, the prime minister travels with his own security between the RCMP and the Canadian forces. They're able to provide the manpower for these kinds of security details, uh, such that it's not like the Ukrainians have to look after everything. Uh, three, I think the Ukrainians have made the calculation that some inconvenience, um, and let's not forget, of course, that the inconvenience of a, of a Canadian prime minister is a fraction of the inconvenience, for example, of, of, uh, of the president of the United States. Sure. Um, you know, this is a fairly light footprint operation, as we've seen with Johnson and others. Um, so, so if those countries have, have sort of made the overtures and, and executed this kind of operation, I think it's, it's obviously something that it would be important to coordinate with and get, get buy-in from the Ukrainian side. I think the Ukrainians see the value of this, of having Zelensky photographed walking the streets, showing, taking someone like Justin Trudeau to Bucha. Uh, to show him the aftermath of Russian war crimes in a community like that. So it's not costless, of course, and I'm sure it wouldn't be headacheless either. But there's value to it, and I think the Ukrainians as well as Canadians could see that. Um, Let's be completely crass, cold, calculating political animals here and take a look at this from Trudeau's own perspective and Canada's own perspective. Do we need this? I think perhaps our standing on the world stage has taken some hits through this. We've tried to get up to the to the grown-ups table and you know our own foreign affairs minister said militarily we're really not a factor in this discussion and you know we're we're leading the charge on economic sanctions but do we are we in a position where we need to try and prove that we're we are major players in this and try and establish some sort of presence? So I think first things first, Canada, and and I say this for any listeners who heard my employer but don't know this, as a Canadian, uh, Canada is not a a major power. Right. right? This is is a fact, and that's not going to change. Uh, I think that uh, Ms. Jolie did sell Canada short to a certain extent because a lot of the training programs, the multinational training programs that were run in Ukraine in the lead-up to this conflict, starting in earnest in 2014, are the reason that we're seeing such high military effectiveness out of the Ukrainians right now especially by comparison to the Russians. That has to do with both just training on how to use weapons like Javelin anti-tank missiles, but also inculcating the kind of military culture, especially a strong, empowered, non-commissioned officer corps that exists in the Canadian forces in the United States, in the UK, and other countries as well. Uh, So Canada has actually done something to shape the battlefield uh, that we're seeing right now. It is certainly true that Canada is not in a position to provide billions of dollars of military equipment to the Ukrainians, especially not on the timetable with the tempo that the United States has. So let's get back to your original point about, you know, what good does this do to Canada? I think first and foremost, um, it does some good for Canada by doing some good for Ukraine. Canada has a national interest in Ukraine succeeding right now, not surviving but succeeding in beating the Russians back to their borders. A strong, peaceful, prosperous Europe is good news for Canada. That's why Canada joined NATO. That's why Canada has been a player in European politics up to now. Uh, That is economically and politically important and valuable to Canada. Ditto in Canada's interest in the Indo-Pacific, where as countries like China watch what's going on in Ukraine, 
Uh, it is much better for Canada if the Chinese come away from this thinking twice about aggressive actions than emboldened to take aggressive actions. So that's the first and the most important way. Second, look, I think Mr. Trudeau and state visits abroad have a pretty rocky history. Yes, they do. <laughs> uh, take, take, for example, uh, the trip to India. Yep. A quick business-like trip like this, I think, would be good for him politically. Um, he has also in his cabinet a bona fide subject matter expert here in Christopher Freeland. Um, and uh, and this, is, this is someone who has played a really important but very behind-the-scenes role in bringing people on side with major sanctions against the Russians mm -hmm. leading up to this. Uh, so Canada has played a role here. Um, I mentioned earlier, of course, the great affection that many Ukrainians have for Canada, largely because of family ties. Uh, and so I think that the signal coming from a prime minister who is not coming from next door, right? He's right, got to yeah. climb onto one of those, frankly, a little bit rickety Government of Canada aircraft and make his way across an ocean. Um, I think that would be a powerful and well-received signal by the Ukrainian people, uh, especially those who are on the front line of this conflict or those millions of people who have been driven from their homes. Yeah. Uh, Simon, you make, a, you make a forceful argument. I appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Shay. You bet. That's Simon Miles, who is an assistant professor in the Sanford School of Public Policy at Duke University in North Carolina.